Hey everybody, it's Ken Pooch Van Druten here. Uh, I've got Chris Rabel with me. How are you, Chris? Good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Just hanging in there, you know, just trying to uh, navigate through the uh, quarantine. It's never, it never stops here, man. It just keeps going. Um, yeah, it's crazy how busy we can all be in the I midst know. of this. I know. It's you wild, know? isn't it? I mean, it, it's, it's good. It's keeping me totally you know, um, in the, in the mode of doing stuff and keeping my brain off the fact that we're all locked in houses, you know? Um, mm -hmm. but, um, I feel like in some instances I'm like more busy than I was I before think it's this. Yeah. I, I think it's cause it's also unfamiliar and it's sort of fabricated right. forced busyness. Totally. It does. It feels foreign and it feel it doesn't, it's, it, it's an odd feeling for yeah. sure. So everybody, you should notice that uh, when you see that we're using zoom right now, rather than the other thing that we used. And that's probably because there's some sort of weird internet outage that's happening uh, with our other service. So anyway, that's why it looks different, but, um, Hey, it's still the same thing. It's you and I talking. Um, so go. it's all good. Um, by the way, we just want to say thanks to all of you out there um you know 2100 subscribers in three and a half weeks um is just amazing and we appreciate you and uh we'll keep trying to put out good content um keep you guys occupied and and not waste your time <laughs> um and um so anyway we just want to say thanks and we appreciate y'all um yeah, thanks a bunch so this week, Chris, um, yes. I thought that we might talk a little bit about uh, the situation when um, you have passed off, either passed off your file or your gig to another engineer or filled in for another engineer and kind of how that went. And I thought that maybe we could first maybe talk a little bit about um, the time that we've done that um, with sure. each other. Um, so kind of maybe give us a little, um, you know, lead up to it. Like how, what, how did this all happen and who it was? And yeah, tell us, tell us about it a little bit. Sure. And this is, uh, this is a little bit of an origin story too, for Pooch and Raybold. Um, <laughs> that's true. So several years ago, what's either the, I think it was begin. Yeah. It was the beginning of, or sometime into 2016. So I had been, I had started, I had done promo with Justin Bieber and I had carried all through rehearsals and I, I'm drawing, I'm getting, draw, getting a little foggy as to when this came about. But all I know is I did rehearsals, uh, did promo. It was about six months worth of work. And then we were, I think we were into the tour and, um, yeah, you were, I think you were like three shows in. Yeah. Something like that. And, uh, it became apparent that as happens in this industry, I mean, as we know, you know, life doesn't wait for us to finish tour. That's right. Um, and life was calling and had been calling for a while. And, uh, you know, sometimes we can get carried away in this profession and we can get swept up in the one gig to the next, to the next, to the next. And, uh, so, and I was very much a part of that, which is kind of, uh, sort of the double-edged sword of your own success at times in this. So, uh, anyway, I needed to split and I, and I don't even know if we've ever talked about this. I thought of you first in my mind because I knew you were out there. I knew that the gig needed a heavy hitter. And I also knew that you would be accepted by the production manager. <laughs> that's the real who, deal. Yeah. Who's, well, no, that's just part of it. But those no, no, no. But I mean, you know, that is like a, the total thing that people need to realize is when you're filling in for people, often it's not the front of house engineer that's making the final decision about who ends up in that spot. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, I, and to be honest with you, I was, I don't want to say terrified. I, but I was, you never want to leave a gig. Right. Right. And things were going really, really, really well. And so I didn't, I needed to figure out the most graceful way to do this and to put everybody in the best position to succeed moving forward. So, uh, somehow in this 
Toby Francis plays a role too. And I don't <laughs> he remember. does, doesn't he? I don't know. <laughs> I, I yeah. think he may have connected us. Okay. I think that may, I think I called Toby. I remember standing outside on an award show in Vegas and discussing this with him. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of the, that's sort of the gist of it is I needed to leave. I needed to leave a gig that was going very well. Yeah. Um, and, but I had to put the right person in place and that right person, not only that would be the stellar mixer that would just rock it, but that was politically going to be accepted. Yeah, um, because I mean, you- the real deal with this stuff is, is like, even when you leave a gig because of life things that you have to leave, you don't want that to go poorly. You want to be the guy that is the hero and says, mm-hmm. you know, hey, um, I'm I have to leave. And I know that's a big deal. I know everything's going well. And I'm I know that we're having a vibe here that's really good, but I have to leave. But I am not going to leave you stranded. I'm going to put in somebody that is going to, you know, uh, do this job well. And that's, that's a hard thing, right? Like finding the right guy to replace yourself is a, is a difficult, it's a difficult situation. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, so then what happened? (laughs) Well, yeah, I was going to say, so then I, I got your number. Maybe that's where Toby plays a role. So I did, I got your number. And if I'm remembering correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I remember just giving you a call. And, and I know that for a fact, I remember saying, look, this is everything that this gig is. Right. And this is also everything. This gig is. <laughs> yes. Like I wanted to be a thousand percent honest about totally. the things that were great about it. And then the things that were challenging. Yeah, for so, sure. Uh, I don't know if you recall that, but I remember thinking that was the, that was the right thing to do because it did like most gigs, it presented certain challenges. Let's just say that. So, no, of course. I think that is absolutely the right thing to do is, is upfront, tell the person, you know, what they're getting into and you course. did for sure. Of course. So I, uh, yeah. So anyway, so that was it. So I called, uh, we spoke and then I don't remember how much lead time, like when, we went when the handoff was going to be, uh, but at least in our minds, if it was accepted. So from there I went to, and we had a good conversation and you were interested and, uh, all was well on that. end. so then I had to go to the PM right. and discuss, tell him what was going on. And I remember being in San Diego, uh, and I was sweating it, you know, I was not looking forward to the conversation and he was unbelievably gracious and cool. And especially because I brought you up, uh, that not a split, well, that definitely made, it did what I wanted it to do. It yeah. helped make, make it more acceptable, more palatable for him. Well, um, I mean, the, the thing about this that we should tell people is that, you know, that particular production manager had history with me. Like I'd done exactly. three bands with that guy for, you know, a, a long period of time. I hadn't worked with him in years, actually like 10 years. Um, but I it, early on, not early in my career, but the mid part of my career, I worked with like three bands in a row with him, Limp Biscuit and Corn, mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. some other, some other shit. So, um, yeah, I think it was a really smart move on your part. Um, to have all of that information before you go and talk to a production manager. You know what I mean? And I think this, now that, now that we're sitting here, we're starting to flow a little bit and I'm starting to kind of remember things. Uh, this also speaks, you know, we did a video on the, the business side of things recently uh, that maybe, and I'm sure we'll do one at some point in time on just general politics, but I had heard the production manager speak of you in, in, in favorably many, many, many times. So that was just one of those things that, you know, I was like, you know, you hear it or you observe it and then you just kind of file it away, you know? So this is a, this is a prime example of just kind of always keep your eyes and ears open, you know, For you never sure. know when it's going to pay off. Cause again, I, I had zero idea this was ever going to come to pass. So he, uh, carrying on with the story, he uh, w- was into the idea. He said, we can do this. We can make this work. So we arranged for, I- I'm assuming I sent you a show file. I don't know if I did. Um, you sent, I think you sent me that, which by the way, this kind of all went down and I, I can't remember exactly, but I, wasn't I flying there the next morning or something when I'm I think- sure in true music business fashion, <laughs> particularly live music, it probably happened really quick. Um, so I, I, because I, I think yeah, you I sent me a file. Was, yeah. I think you sent me a file, but I was flying there anyway. You know what I mean? It was matter. like, I was on the plane, like listening to it, but yeah. Yeah. 
So the plan was, and what we did was, uh, Pooch came on board, and the idea was he, we would hang, we would talk, and you know, I download every bit of information I had in my brain uh, that that, you, that he could use. And we hung for a few days. You were going to essentially kind of shadow me, right? Just watch, just observe, because there was no massive hurry for me to get out of there totally um before before we go there though let's point this out that's really important i think is that you the very first day that i got there you literally got a set list and you made important notes relating to each single song and it was by the time you were done writing on it it was like not even a white page anymore it was like you know little details of this this and this and this and this and this so that even before i heard a thing before we even like went out into the arena or whatever i i had an idea of what things were like the important things to get. Um, I think that's really important that we tell people that because when you're passing your gig on to somebody, you have to be gracious like that, right? Like, you know, if you want it to go well, if you're leaving a gig because not because you got fired, you're leaving a gig because it's, you have something else that you have to get to a life thing, you know, um, you want it to go well. And that's one of the tools that you need to have is that the communication with the guy that's coming in has to be like super detailed. And you were, mm-hmm. so yeah, and that I do remember that. And I started thinking about that when I was talking and that, you know, each gig I, and exactly, you know, you think of a set list, there's only so much room to scribble on there with a fine point Sharpie. If if I was handing uh, some big guitar band to you back to our three guitar things, it would probably would have been primarily what solos were where or whatever. And this thing was all like vocal based stuff uh, because it was a big big pop gig. Yeah. So yeah, I tried to give, I gave that information uh, to you. And then honestly, you know, we just hung out for several days. I remember there was like two days off. I remember being in Salt Lake at some point. Um, we just talked and talked and talked and I just tried to give you everything that I could want to say you watched a couple shows. I did. You watched a couple and then, the, and this is all so fast. I mean, this is the way it works. Yeah. You know, sometimes, sometimes you don't even have this, but if I'm not mistaken, you watch two or three and then you jumped in. Yeah. Isn't that right? That's right. You I sat in. and, and babysat your file basically. And just, I, I didn't touch a thing mm-hmm. really. Uh, mm-hmm. and basically sat during a show and got all the cues, right? Like all of the cues that were important and all that kind of shit. And you stood next to me and you know, if I was blowing it and missing a cue, you were like, dude, he's going to walk out right here. You got to nail that, you know? Right. Um, and I, I can't remember how many shows of that did we do a couple it, it, at the most two. Yeah. At the most two. And yeah. And the hard thing there, you know, is uh, like segues, transitions and songs without, totally. we, we talked about time code and automation, my show not running on it. You know, you had to fire that manually. Yeah. So it was that kind of stuff. And that's kind of it in a nutshell. And to be honest with you, um, that was it. And then I split and then we stayed in touch. Obviously we spoke and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure I spoke to the production man. I'm sure I spoke to other people, you know, and from that, from, from that point forward, all I knew is that everything was going really well. Cool. Um, and let me step in here because this is, uh, something that I would like to impart on you out there. Okay. The reason that the first month of that went really well is because I didn't really mess with anything. Truth be told, I may have, I, I don't know, like done little stupid things I'm here sure and there. there's something instinctively yeah. you just had to do. Like yeah. I just, just because our, you know, I mean, uh, you, this brings up a really good point. Let me take us on this path just a little bit in that um, part of I've been thinking about telling people this, but, but I've been thinking about it in the sense that here we are in episode 11 or whatever. And, um, 
I think what people are really digging is that here are two guys that have completely different workflows. Like you and I remember, we've talked about all kinds of workflows that we do. And almost Mm -hmm. in every conversation, you do it very differently than I do. Um, Mm -hmm. But we achieve the same result or the same goal of making somebody sound good. So I, I think people are really attracted to the fact in of our videos that we're doing in that we're showing you that there isn't just one way to to you know mix a, a huge artist there's all these different paths to get down there um so when i i took over for chris i took over and knew that everybody was totally stoked with what he had going on so why in why would I even think about like showing up and start changing everything? That is like the dumbest move ever. And I've actually seen guys do this. They let their ego get in the way. They show up and they start this. No, I'm, you know, I'm not even going to use his file. I'm going to, you know, create my own thing. And I just go, why would you do that? If the dude was succeeding and everybody was happy with what he's got. Why would you mess with it? You know, mm-hmm. um, I get it. If the guy's been fired, that's a whole course, other scenario. That's and, like and the other yeah. the other boneheaded thing would be to take a fired guy's file and use that. You know, yes, that's exactly um, right. Yeah, if the dude's that, been that would be another <laughs> questionable move. Yeah, don't do that <laughs> no. either. <laughs> no. no. Um, but uh, but my point is, is that I've seen guys fail. I can name five of them right off the top of my head. Um, sure. Showing up to a giant gig that was already successful. Someone had to leave and their ego got in the way and they started messing with stuff. And, you know, I mean, that does, that's not going to go well. I think that artists, MDs and artists are expecting you to do that and are looking for you to fuck it up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they, Oh sure. If they already like what's happening, they're going to be like, well, this new guy, he's going to show up and he's going to totally change it. And then it's going to suck. And so I was really, um, super like leery of that and very much like, okay, I'm going to keep everything feeling the same to the artist, feeling the same to the MD, feeling the same to the production manager. Everything feels the same. It's as if Chris were here, you know what I mean? And I did that honestly, probably, I don't know how many shows, but at least the first like month and a half, two months. Um, and there's something to point out here. Yeah, you get talking about the, uh, the differences, the way everyone does everything. I think we found out that we had a lot of similar approaches as well, but different avenues to get there there, for sure to get there, which is, of course, you've kind of already said that, but part of uh, the handoff here such is that again, my setup typically has plugins and outboard gear. And I knew Pooch was coming in. That was primarily the, in the box guy, you know? So, but at the same time, I knew it's all the same shit. You know what I mean? So <laughs> for the it was most no part, big, yeah, for, for the, the most, most part. part. So it was no big deal for me to be like, Hey man, look, look I've got these things in the rack. Just, you know, this is what you're going to be dealing with. But I, I knew and kind of that it, it, at some point in time, you know, part of the reason that we do this, that the move to the politically sound move, as you're saying, is to keep the status quo, the status quo, if it was going well before once you've earned that trust and you're in a good place and everything's safe and the winds are still (laughs) then you can bring in some of your own thing and we talked about that early on that that would probably end up happening of course yes yeah you know well Um, i just um from my perspective um you know, uh, you had your usual thing going on where, you know, had a a whole outboards thing of gear and, um, and my thing has always been plug-in stuff. So I, I knew eventually I was going to kind of head that direction and maybe eliminate this rack. Um, Mm -hmm. but I definitely wasn't going to do it like right off the bat. You know, I was like, let's, you know, let's make this a slow change and, and then also make it, you know, um, it, interject my take on it, you know, eventually. But of but course. the point I want to make to everyone is that this didn't happen like three shows later. This was a very gradual 
you know, it was a gradual thing. Um, mm -hmm. and, but I did eventually. So eventually I eliminated your rack and everything became in the box. Um, and, um, it got, you know, it got my signature on it, but, um, it was still very much had a lot of your, you know, the base part of it was still you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so that went along for shit. I don't know, a year or something. Right. And then it was a while, it was a while. Uh, mm. and then I got a kidney stone in Japan, right? <laughs> which is horrible by the way. Oh. Um, and, um, Stop so <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the next gig was in the UK. Uh, so, um, a couple things happened, uh, which was interesting is I was in Japan and so was Toby Francis. That's right. That's right. And That's so, right. um, I had a kidney stone and I'm like, I'm, you know, I was in major, major pain. This happened. Literally. I woke up in the hotel room at four o'clock in the morning and I've had a bunch of kidney stones. So I know what they feel like. And I woke mm -hmm. up and I just was like, shit. Oh yeah. I have a kidney yeah. stone and you I'm know. the, I'm the guy that doesn't pass kidney stones. Like I have to have surgery to have, you know, kidney stones removed. Um, uh, I've had a bunch of them. Um, and, and so I knew right away, I'm I'm like, I'm not going to make it to the show. It's four in the morning and I'm not going to make it. Um, and that was a weird day because Toby happened to have an off day from something else. God, you lucked out. <laughs> oh man. He came down to the show and I did sound check um, and with him standing next to me and I almost did the exact same thing that you did to me. I've, you know, took a, mm -hmm. uh, a set list and, you know, wrote out every single thing. And during sound check, I was like turning to him and going, see, you know, in this one thing, you need to watch out for this. And he's going to walk out on the thrust right here. So you need to pay attention. I was just like, oh mm -hmm. man. So he had the like accelerated version oh. of what we did. Um, and that was a gigantic show. Oh man. Dude, just it was all around. Big. Just so many yeah. like moving parts, you know, so Literal much stuff, moving yeah, parts, moving parts. And, you know, I mean, like mic changes going from a headset to a regular microphone. And, you know, I mean, there was a lot of stuff happening, um, you know, thrust in front of the PA the entire time and, you know, all the, all those kind of things. Um, so then, uh, Toby did that show, but luckily there was like a week of travel. So it was like Japan to the United Kingdom or something, you know, uh, and literally like flying around the world to get to a, a show in England. Um, and, uh, I think I can't remember. Did, did, um, the production manager call you or was it me calling you? I can't remember. I, I, I think it was me. I think, all right. So, so I by the there way, there may have been a text involved here too, where I think okay. I may have said to Toby, like, what like like what is oh happening yeah, yeah. like hey if someone needs me let me know that that yeah. might have played a role in it too which by the way uh was a horrible couple of days for me because i had that kidney stone at four in the morning i uh went and did sound check and then i went to a japanese hospital and they refused to do the the kidney surgery they wouldn't do it so I had to get on a plane oh, and fly and, from Japan to oh. Dallas and drive from the Dallas airport straight to my kidney doctor, my urologist. Which is a dangerous move too, to Dude. commit to being in the air that long. With, so it was, I, I had a kidney stone for almost two days and it was just, it was fucking horrible anyway um <laughs> there's no other word for it dude it was no, absolutely horrible I get yeah. it. um so anyway um I, I do know that at some point i called you and i said dude yeah. are you available like what are you doing right now and, and you shockingly i was i know you were in the yeah. middle there was like a couple of weeks or something right you know in between like something two gigs like or, um and so they quickly flew you to london yep. um and so a year or a year and a half later, you show back up to a mm -hmm. file that you started that mm -hmm. I now have changed to be all in the box. Um, and how was that for you? <laughs> yep. And that, and you know, when you get to, in, I don't know about you, but any gig I do, like I, I could walk back into any number of gigs decades later 
and I'll still remember the songs. I'll oh, yeah. still remember. It, it might be a, in the moment that totally. I go, oh, right. This is where you just, you learn the stuff so deeply. So where I hadn't listened to any of it, mind you, in a year, but I, <laughs> but I knew it. Yes. And I knew it intimately. Yes. Um, and so I had, I got there and the deal was we were going to go straight to, it was a festival, but we were fortunate enough, obviously being the headliner that we were going to have, Oh, we had like a load in. I really lucked out. We had a load in day Yes, and a sound check. Yep. Now the show was the next day. Yeah. But I think that that wasn't original. I think that the production manager fought for that to, in okay. order to give you a chance. I think that's which, what happened, but which would make sense. So yeah. I remember, so basically, you know, the coolest thing for me, I just, I popped it up the show, the show file. And I looked at it and it really did look remarkably similar. I mean, I could just tell from looking yeah. at it that it was all, and that what was cool and I can, you know, it's funny. Yeah. You're the in the box guy. And, but where there were plugins that may have replaced hardware and, and mind you, there was already plenty of plugins in sure. place, but sure, now sure, there sure. was more, there was just more racks, but everywhere where there was something, it wasn't, it was like literally like an SSL strip or as something like there wasn't 700 plugins. Right. So I could quickly assess and go, Oh, I see what he's doing everywhere. And, um, sonically. So I still did my tuning thing with the PA. So I knew where we were starting, you know, um, of course I did playback before we started and sonically it, like you said, and, and like I've used this, uh, phrase before it told the same story right it had your spin on it but and i remember the only thing i kind of changed there was something on the snare that i changed and then there was something in the there was a couple things in the vocal because i wasn't familiar with a couple of the plugins or i yep. knew what they were i just yeah, had yeah, yeah. and then that was it man then it was just hit next mix is the same goddamn <laughs> thing i had done a year before Yes. But with yours. So in my mind, this was the way that all handoffs were always going to work from here on out. And, uh, how'd that work out for you? Not not exactly that way at all. Uh, and I had done some, but on not quite on the level of this and they had all gone okay, but I had never gone back to them to to check it out. So this, that was uh, so the, the point of the story is that we're like a year into this saga now. I go back. It's the same show. It's the same result. It's the same feeling. Everyone's stoked everyone. And it was killer too, because it wasn't like, you know, it was like, Oh man, good to see you. But then it's also like, we're having a blast with pooch at the same time. So it was just, it was a good feeling. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. To have handled it that way. And then to see it succeeding that way. So anyway, I did one show. I think it was just one, maybe two at that one festival. And then I split and then you came back and yep ran it until it ran its course <laughs> took took the stone out and then uh yeah ran it for another year or something it was almost yeah i i think the total was like 18 months or something before yeah. you decided to stop yeah. um but um yeah so that's a successful story right guys that's like you know kind of how it should be um when you're you're passing off to to uh, somebody to cover for you even, you know. Um, Let's talk about those kind of scenarios. Have you ever had someone else that showed up just to cover like a couple of shows for you and how did that go? And what was the vibe of that situation? Can you think of any examples of that? I've never, you know, it's funny. I had in a few years time, because when life calls, it can often call quite heavily hard Um, a lot i had yes yes so i had two situations within a few years where i had to leave uh gigs other than that i mean i've literally i've never had trying to think i don't even know if i've ever had anybody cover me for like one show maybe you know i just i don't for the most part, which maybe that's why I ended up in the situation where life was calling quite as hard. It's because I never put anything in front of the gig. You know? <laughs> now that we're talking about it, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I should have missed some gigs. So short-term stuff, I really don't think I have any. I just have, I had another eventual sort of long-term replacement kind of thing. What about you? You've had people come in for I mean, I guess I popped in, but other than that, no, um, I, um, 
as we were talking, I was trying to remember, I know I've had people like had to cover for me, um, on a couple of stuff and I, I can't, I can't think of the specifics of how that went, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. uh, anyway, yeah, I, you know, and I can tell you, I also, it, it's funny. I, I mean, I've been doing this for a minute, but I also, there have been a lot of threats of me covering for people for short term stuff, but I've really never done it. I pretty much for the most part have only gone into either complete shit shows where, which is a good position to be in. Cause you kind of get the opportunity to be the knight in shine. Totally. And, yeah. You know, so, uh, I've only done that or I've gone into where there was simply an engineer change for maybe a less dramatic reason. Yeah. You know, um, I was so I've never inherited a show file. Oh, wow. I've never taken anyone's oh, show file. I've, I've never, I, it's just never come up. So I've always had to start from scratch. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. See, I, my, experience and you know, this is not me tooting my own horn but i think partially why our little handoff thing went well is because i've been the cleanup guy for years uh toby mm -hmm. francis whenever he's wanted to you know leave a gig um i've been the guy that he's he's called and literally since uh, you know I, I don't even know 1998 mm -hmm. um you know uh when he was talking about leaving kiss, you know, that's kind of where we first ran into each other. And, um, he literally, you know, handed the keys of the car over to the kid, you know, mm -hmm. and took a chance on me. I mean, that's really the deal is that, you know, Toby, I owe Toby a lot to, in my career because not only kiss, but a lot of other bands that are huge bands, he would start them. And for whatever reason, decided he didn't want to do it anymore, or he had another gig or whatever. He was that guy that used me as the the kid that could come in after he had got it all set up or whatever so i've done this shit i don't know dude i mean at least 10 which is badass at least 10 times in. at least 10 times well you know they and, and you know that what i forget what's the phrase it's like you never want to be the man that replaces the man like to come in there after someone that's having success that's tough you know, and and um, I think that is the um, kind of the what do you call it the um, uh, the the reason our friendship has been a twenty year friendship is because he respects that he's like wow I can't believe that you held on to that after I left it was for sure gonna probably go wanky you know yeah. um, and um, and so. Um, I've been very lucky to be that guy, right? Like to, you know, I probably six or seven of those 10 are major, major bands. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That he got the first call on and did, you know, the first, whatever, three months of the tour. And then, you know, said, Oh, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. And, um, or, or whatever, you know, he, he had lots of stuff going on, you know? So, um, there were, uh, yeah, I was always his first call. And so I'm very lucky that I was. And, and so, um, uh, I've experienced that a bunch of times and he does it well, just like you do it well in the sense of, uh, whenever I showed up, he was always like, yeah, check this out. Well, first of all, if you don't know Toby Francis, he is like the most mellow dude on yeah. this planet. Like he'll literally <laughs> like if, if the venue is on fire, Toby Francis is standing there going, wow yeah <laughs> it's on fire i remember talking to yeah. him after that the kidney stone japan gig yeah and he was just like yeah it went well went really well <laughs> yeah, and i'm like exactly yeah. psychopath how, that's right how could it go well have gone well that would have been know. a terrifying experience he is man he is just you know yeah. when it comes to stress um i laugh like you know he does kanye west all the time right so man kanye just throws curveballs everywhere like he was there doing that coachella uh church thing oh, right. you know that nobody knew anything no. what it was or what how it was going to work or you know i just know that if i had been there and i was asked to be that guy i would be like what? Right. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> what is happening? Like what, who, right. what's getting plugged into what, it, you know? And I know, yeah. and I know I wasn't there, but I know that Toby was just like, mm. he's like, yeah, yeah 
all right so let's totally. just turn this up and do that and you know he's that guy um and Absolutely. i w- i wish i had a little more of that in me but um i hear you you know i hear you um but anyway so i'm, I'm just pointing out to you that that's that's been something that's been in my career is not so much that i've handed things over to people but i've been like that's been a major part of my career has been the guy who shows up you know and, and see that there again, we talk about the differences. That's, it's interesting. Now that we talk about it, I guess I really see it, you know, again, for me, it's usually coming in playing clean up, like in a, like just with a mess, Yes. you know? So there again, there's just a number of ways that, that things can work. Um, coming in too, it, there's, there can be the placebo effect and meaning I would kind of have a leg up coming in in a lot of these situations compared to yourself. Now it's, it's great if you're coming in and you've got the unwavering support of the person that's succeeding that you're replacing. That's great. That speaks volumes, but there's also this sort of, if it, if you're like me, you're showing up to a place where things didn't go so great. You kind of already, uh, you've got a little bit in your favor by just your mere presence, Totally, you know, is depending on who we're talking about, but whoever's watching you, viewing you, um, you know, but, uh, so it's, it, I don't know. I guess there's just different ways this can go down. There is. So, um, speak to what do you do? Does it change what you do in your setup when you show up to a car wreck? Like, do you know? So you just do what you do and you're like, okay, you're hiring me to do what I do. Yeah. Now I'll do plenty. And usually you don't even have to ask, you know, I'll do every bit of, uh, Intel, get every bit of Intel, every, do every bit of research (laughs) that I can on what exactly went wrong. Right. You know what I mean? What were the things that went wrong? Was it, you know, and it's, it's just, Oh man. And the, 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 the thing, let's go down this little rabbit hole that you just opened a little bit because, um, often the guy getting booted is not because of sound. Oh, there's that. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, maybe the dude is, uh, I, I know I got a gig, um, a major gig because the guy was being mouthy at the bar. Yeah. And I, and I, it can be, it can start on, it can start, we'll just call that then say that's a political thing. Right. It can often start as a political thing right? and then it turns into, yeah. And you know what else, <laughs> you know, all these sonic reasons yes. suddenly appear. Oh, um, geez. So I've been on, yeah, I've had that. I've replaced a guy that was just a jerk. I've replaced a guy that was a jerk with what they finally copped to was a bad mix. Then I've replaced people who the engineer was loved, revered. I mean, he could do no wrong yet he put his guy in place and a lot of times people put someone in place like they don't go out and find you they find half of you because they're scared they're scared they don't yeah they're scared they don't want they want that gig to always be theirs and the only way that they're going to do that is by putting someone that's just good enough but that's never going to quite be them they also don't want to be showed up by whoever comes in. So I've done that before I've replaced, or I have taken on a gig where the, the second coming of Christ was there. He left, put his guy in place. Yeah. That guy faltered. Right. They called me saying guy is faltering. And then the engineer had so much power that he was able to still from afar, he had even left the gig, still kind of wield some control over what was happening, make sure that that guy stayed in place. And then guess what? That a guy, that guy eventually failed. Right. And then they called me again, which was great. Kind of segue or tying into our previous discussion about salary negotiations (laughs) because when they called me and they said, Hey, we want you to come. I'm like, great. Yeah. But then when they said, "Ah, you know what? I think we're going to stick with this guy. Here's what's happened. I didn't blow up. I didn't freak out. I said, okay, great. Call me if it doesn't work out. And then they did call me and then the price went up just a little. Yeah, of course it does. Come on. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I don't remember remember where we started with that. Oh yeah. You were saying political. A lot of times you're playing, you're replacing someone and particularly front of house. I mean, let's face it, man, that's about as big an ego as you can get on a lot of tours. Yeah. And that's unfortunate, but it is the front well, of house engineer. You know, I mean, there, it, 
we talk about this a lot in the sense that um, monitor engineers, they're, to me, a monitor engineer's job is like infinitely harder than ours. Oh, a thousand times. Sound-wise, yes. right? So their job yes. of creating 32 stereo mixes, and then to me, the hardest part about their job is um, getting an artist that intimately knows their music to be happy with the sound of whatever it is that they want. It may not be record, like that mm. may not be what they want. What they want to be able to hear is some weird Frankenstein version of it, but right. able to get that and make an artist happy that is way more intimately knowledgeable about his own music or her own mm. music um, is, like I don't even like you know I was a monitor engineer for a while but I was in the day and age of like loud wedges you know right, like right. not not at all like what it is now you know not a a, a mix maybe. yes like right. it's going on in ears so yeah. they have an infinitely harder job but what they don't have is mm -hmm. a manager and a yeah. girlfriend of course and the recording engineer of the record and yep. the um best friend from middle school um all with opinions about how it should sound and so navigating all of that is i mean that's what makes front of house hard i think yeah for sure and it could be those people just like i was thinking you know we're talking about you know modern engineers they have to make that artist happy they have to interpret with, with sometimes limited interaction what that artist's wishes are. And then they have to somehow put themselves in that artist's listening position, which could be a thousand different places yep. throughout the course of the show. But the way I'll tie that into what we have, think about all of those people, some of whom are going to be with you at front of house if you're lucky some of whom could be at any number of places of horrible coverage. Some of them could be with you, which sounds great, but maybe they're seven feet to your left where there's a huge pocket and yep. no low end. And they go back and tell the artist, it just didn't hit. It just didn't hit. Totally. You know? so there's, there's so many factors that can, that can play into this, you know? It's so funny. I, um, it's funny that you say that because I did, um, You'll probably be able to figure out who it is by anyway. The the um, there's uh, the husband and the wife are both major artists, and one of them um, I was working for the husband, and the wife was uh, at every show, but. Um, sometimes there would be a comment like from her, like, you know, Hey, it wasn't hitting here or what, you know, whatever. So I started asking where she was. Cause I never saw her. I never yeah, saw man. her. Um, I started saying, well, wh you know, do, where do you guys put her every night? Is she standing like in monitor world or, you know I mean? Like what's happening. Right. And what I found out was, is that they were putting her in a VIP suite every oh. night that was yeah. glassed. Of course. And she, all she had for sound was whatever was in that VIP suite, which was, you know, some horrible, right. you know, near fieldy kind of a thing. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, some of them are fully enclosed, but, you know, most aren't, but they're gl it's super glassy and, you know, they're always way the hell up in the middle of nowhere. Um, and so uh, when I heard that, it made me feel better because I was like, oh, okay, good. It's not like she's standing somewhere down on the floor and experiencing that this right. is maybe something we can fix and in the end what we ended up doing was we would find out wherever her suite was and we'd we started setting up near fields in a sub oh, that's and awesome. timing them up there um and i got zero comments after that yeah wait are we how are we doing on time are we okay we're good we got like you know uh, another 15 minutes Okay, perfect. I need to start keeping a timer on this thing. So, uh, <laughs> so then a brief tangent then yes. on that, that that same thought. When you are coming in, taking over a gig, you know, I mentioned I, I'll do all the in, get all the intel, do all the research uh, as to what went wrong or what went right. Yeah. Maybe that's more times than not for you. It was like, hey, what was working? You know, totally. Um, but you also need to know who matters in that camp. And this can actually segue into another situation I've had where think the handoff didn't go so well. But what I mean by that is very simply that know who matters. That's is it right. an MD? Is it a production manager? Is it a girlfriend? Is it, it could be, it could be, I've had it 
I've had it be, I've had a choreographer be the most important person 100%. that I could deal with. You know what I mean? Yep. And you, you need to know who those people are. First of all, if it's in your personality type, meet them. Like just meet them, shake their hand. If you imagine that shaking hands, it sounds so foreign now in <laughs> COVID land. But give, them, give know, them an elbow now, right? Give them an elbow, whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. You know, know who they are. But you know, I'll do. I'll, I'll even do. I've done things like this. I do things like this all the time. Part of my rehearsal process. If there is a uh, creative table, which for those of you all who don't know, uh, this is more like in like a pop gig or something. They will literally in the floor of an arena or of whatever the rehearsal space is, they will put out one or two or three six foot tables. And at that table sits the manager, dad, the choreographer, the show uh, designer, the director, yeah, yep. the show designer. All of these people will be out there. I'll see where they put that table. I will then turn on music, walk out there and listen. I will also measure. Again, going back in the system tuning things, I will measure from that spot and I have no problem at all grabbing that fucking table and scooting it back 100%. six feet and I'll do it in front of everyone, but I'll do it before they show up. Or sometimes I've even done it with, like as they're showing up, like, hang on guys real quick. Can you which move? Is ball, <laughs> yeah, which is a ballsy move. That's ballsy. But it's like, yeah. I know the way that works. So no, they sit there in a less than ideal listening environment. So, and that's right from the jump. That's right at the beginning, right? As you're making your initial impression. So the, the point of all that is, you know, know who matters in that. Yeah. Camp. No, that's, that's a great, uh, that's, great advice um along with that though you should always point out too that um you're talking about a group of people those people that are sitting at that six foot table often the rest of the tour you know if it's a big pop tour there's 40 other people that are moving parts in all of this um those other 39 are scared shitless of that six foot table. Like literally they are, they are yeah. like, what, you know, I'm not talking. No, I'm not going over there. Da, da, da. And I have always been the guy that goes over and introduces myself and says, Hey, you know, I'm pooch. I'm the front of house guy. If you guys have any problems with any sort of sound thing, whether it's the artist having an issue or me having, you know, you guys aren't hearing what you want to hear. Just come talk to me. Just, just see who I am and come talk to me. And literally mm -hmm. I do that in every situation. And those six people that are sitting there respect you so much for doing that. I've watched, those people go, Oh, uh, okay. Cause it's like almost never happened to them. Like nobody right. else has ever done that to them. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and you know what? I, I, let me say this real quick while you're saying it. Cause I think that's beautiful and that's so incredibly true. And another thing too, so many times, particularly as the gigs grow in stature, I've mentioned this on here before where audio falls down the totem pole, you know, um, Cause there's these, all, it's more show business than it is music, you know? And so many times front of house guys kind of fall into this thing of like, Oh, right. Be, you know, I'm not saying make yourself make a spectacle out of yourself, but don't make it where it's I'm better. Uh, yeah, dad, you know, don't I'm, hide. Don't be don't the guy. Hide. Yeah. Don't hide because when you put that energy forward, that's, what's going to come back to you. And those same people, and I'm telling you the people that are at that table or that are the sort of kind of people sometimes that yeah. we're sort of talking about, they'll smell blood. Oh man. And they, and they will. And, yeah. and if you kind of portray that, it's just not a good look again. Don't be boisterous. Don't be an asshole. No, don't no, no. This guy, yeah, yeah. but be, be a human being that's confident. You know what I mean? You know, it's interesting. I just did a, a speed mentoring event, which was this thing, um, this uh, recording school. Uh, a friend of mine hooks us up where we do this little one-on-one -on -one WebEx thing where it's like, it's like this, but it's me with a recording student and they get eight minutes. It's like a round to round thing. So they, each of the students get eight minutes with me. Um, and, you know, one of the things one of the students asked is, what I'm looking for in a person that's just starting out, like what it is that I would want to see in a young kid engineer who gets on a tour, like what do I want to see in that kid? And one of the things that I said to him that I think is really important is knowing when to ask questions and knowing when to speak is a skill. Like being in situations with people 
and knowing when to introduce yourself and knowing when to um, ask the right questions is that's really a skill, man. Like a, a guy that could be the, the hardest worker in the world, but spends his time right next to me while I'm trying to work going, well, why are you doing that? And are you doing this? Because, you know, why, you know, why is that happening? Da, 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 da. I'm going to respond to that guy poorly. I, you know, that dude, I want him to ask me questions. Don't get me wrong. I love it when a new person asks me questions about what I'm doing. But the guys that I like are the guys that wait until it's appropriate. Yes. So I, I think... I think finding that moment is the real key part of that too. I don't just go guns blazing over to that table of six people. I no. go over there when I know there's mm -hmm. a moment that, um, you know, they're not focused on, you know, why the choreographer is doing something stupid or, you know, whatever. Right. So right. I just wanted to throw that in there that that's a real skill, man. Like figuring out when it is appropriate to talk to those people. Right. Yeah. Right. And you know, one thing we should point out too, you know, both of us are talking about being assertive, be yourself, like be forthcoming, do all these things. Uh, and I speak often on, you know, with confidence, this, uh, that doesn't mean that I don't have trepidation. When There's a lot of times where I'm approaching that dressing room, that table, that stage, sure. that any number of things are in my mind. I'm going, Oh fuck. You know what I mean? Like the portrayal yeah. yes. hopefully is calm. <laughs> and confidence. So, <laughs> well, that's a really important thing, right? Like we need to point that out a lot because listen, my outside almost always is portrays confidence and, uh, people look at me and say, okay, that dude's got it. But the mm -hmm. real deal, what's happening behind the scenes is not pretty. Like literally yeah. I'm like, you know, like if you could see what's happening in my mind, <laughs> trying to like dodge, <laughs> dodge questions. And, you know, like literally oh, if yeah. the, the physicality of that would be a face more like this, like it, Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like that would literally be the face, but instead yeah. my face is clear confidence. I'm I've got this. They need to feel that I've got this. Um, right. and, and be, you know, you might be scared in the moment, but, but be, um, exude confidence and then try to you know, freak out later after you walk right. away from them, you know, right. Or find out it wasn't as horrible as you thought it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, that's, that's great. I love it. So, um, yeah. so before now, so now as we're kind of winding down, I guess I should speak about, uh, different scenarios Yeah, where, uh, you know, I've had tell us where it in. went, where it went horribly wrong. Right. So I've had another situation. I had another situation where I handled uh, handled things the exact same way as I handled them with you and I, or that you have handled them with someone else, or that Toby or whoever has handled. Just it's a common sense way to do it. I've used that, and, and I was doing it for the same reason. I'm trying to do right by me. I'm trying to do right by the client. Yep. Trying to do right by you. That's just that will pay dividends. Um, and had a good experience, uh, at the beginning of this, the person was very receptive, seemed very on board with what was going on. It was another, another situation where I wasn't, wasn't failing. Um, and I, I actually did notice the same deal. The first like gig that I w watched, I did kind of quickly, we did a couple. The first one was pretty much like, okay, it is what it is. Like, it seems, seems to be the same. And then the next one or two, I started noticing, I was like, wow, things are changing rapidly. Wow. And at that point I'm gone. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's a tough one when you're the, like at a certain point, I, I'm just like, okay, man. You know, I know. Like, so it. what do you say? Did, you know, did you have a moment? I know that you probably didn't say anything, but did you have a moment where you were like, man, I should tell this guy that he's, blowing it. Like, don't do that. This you know? kind of goes back to something we spoke about earlier when you're like, how do you teach someone to care in another video we did? And I'm, and I think my response was someone the lines of somewhere along the lines of, I don't think you can. Right. And I think my, if I recall my thinking in the moment was this is a conscious decision on his or her part to make these moves this quickly. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to talk them out of that kind of thinking. You know, I mean, I just, and so forget mixing just on a human level. I think I just went, 
no, that's what this guy's going to do. So yikes, you know, yeah, exactly. Like shit. Okay. So, and then, uh, just to, you can see where this story's going and it did just, just say it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, didn't go well. The person didn't pay attention to who mattered. Right. Completely changed. Uh, speak to that a little bit because I've had that situation too, where someone, um, I, I watched, um, like not even, you know, for instance, okay. So how many times I've done a bunch of pop gigs where there is a dude that is maybe not the recording engineer of the record or the producer, but he had something to do with the record. And so all of a sudden he is like the artist's ears. Right. And, um, like you wouldn't think that that guy was going to be the guy. Like you wouldn't think you were like, eh, I don't know if that guy's, you know, how much clout he has, but then you find out like, wow, man, that dude's got, you know, he's got mm-hmm. the artist's ear. Um, and, and so then if that's true, then I'm like, okay, let's listen to this guy and try to, you know, go through whatever it takes to get through that. Um, but um, I have never ignored that. So that's a foreign thing. So that's what happened in your situation. Yeah. And even as I hear you describe that, I mean, I, I think it's just because I've been in this situation so many times with like new camps and big dramatic pressure filled camps where right. I'm like, how do you not know that that person totally mat- mattered? And I keep saying that, but um, no, it's just, true. you can tell. So yeah, in this situation, uh, there was, there weren't a lot of cooks in the kitchen. If anything, this person walked into like a pretty streamlined, what's, what's fucked is when you walk in and there's like 12 people that seem to totally. matter. Yeah. You're like, Oh God, you know, there weren't many. And the person didn't listen to what was being asked of them from that person or was being conveyed to them, but they also and you told them, right? You told them oh, who was important. You're like, dude, that guy is important. Yeah. Plain as day. I know. And then in turn changed a mix prematurely again, like yes. you said, sit with it for a month or a, what, a, however long, however long, year, at least it takes yes. and then do what you think it should do. But this particular mix was more or less produced by the artist. Right. So they knew the mix like that meant you talk about the monitor guy interpreting Right. The artist, this mix is me interpreting the art. Like, so totally. it's like, don't fuck with his mix. You know totally. what I mean? Totally. Bottom line, it didn't go very well. Right. And I'll just, I'll stop the story there, but it, <laughs> it, it was the exact opposite. And I called Pooch several times as it was going down in flames to say, man, you spoiled me. Oh. I, you spoiled me. Oh, so, that's nice. So yeah. speak to that. I know that you went back to that gig. Yeah. How, how did that go? Like when you show back up and they were like, yeah, thanks a lot for that guy. Like, is that it's what just, happened or what? Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, there was some of that for sure. <laughs> you know, it was like, was there, was it the hazing? Was, it was just hazing though. Right. I'll, it was, ta- it's like, I'll get it every now and again, but, it, but you know what? I have to, because like, I thought it was going to work. Right. You know, I truly with all my heart thought it was going to work. Right. And it didn't. So as much as it's, it's nice to be, you know, I mentioned the guys that have like the, the, their, you know, whoever fill in for them. So it's never as good as them. That wasn't my intention, No, you know, and it, but it does feel good to kind of be, Hey, look, it's not working out. We love what you did. They didn't work, blah, 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 blah. Like th- that feels good, but it doesn't feel good to also be the architect of some failed experiment that probably put a lot of people on, on, under some undue stress. Yeah, so, for sure. For but, sure. But in, in going back, it was like, it was, there was a lot of goddamn, we're glad you're back <laughs> coupled with what the fuck was that? What the you fuck was that? Saying? Yeah, exactly. What just happened. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, to kind of sum all this up, um, I, I don't, uh, it's foreign for me to be that guy that you just described where you want, you replace yourself with somebody that's youth perceived to be half, you know, the engineer that you are because you want everyone to think how bad ass you are. And to me, that's fear. Like literally if, if I'm going to replace myself, I would want to replace myself with someone that was, that I perceived as being better than me because Mm -hmm. that camp 
in the future. You're going to see him again. Maybe not that artist. You're going to see the manager. You're going to see the production manager. You're going to see all those things. If you do that, if you replace yourself with someone that's even better than you and it Mm -hmm. goes really well, I'm telling you, it'll pay off down the road a hundredfold. And and you know what? This is a good way to kind of sort of wrap this up too. I saw the rather famous uh, and, and notoriously can be intimidating manager of the artist we started this story with. I saw him what it's been four years now. I saw him several months ago, right? At an event, uh, backstage and was just like, you know, let's see what happens. Walked up to him and just, it was like, Hey man, how's it going? Blah, blah. Like everything was good. He could have hated me. He absolutely, which thank you, Pooch. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he could, he could have absolutely, you know, I, I, he could have been like, you motherfucker, you left me. Yeah, out you left, it. you left me. But he you didn't know? have that experience, right? Like he, everything he, went okay. Yes. And, and so that power manager is mm-hmm. going to call you again for other and games. That's, and that's the point. So not only did that little thing end well, and we put a little box on it and moved it off the site, that very well, when my name comes across his whatever phone we're honest you know later it'll be met with a favorable response yeah so that's right that's that that speaks to just handle your business the right way yeah you know? have confidence man don't you know um don't live in fear that if someone's going to steal your job you know be good at what you do i i honestly i tell kids this all the time when i you know did that um that event you know is i i truly believe if you do good work the work will come to you. So do good work and have good human act interactions with people. And uh, you'll go far in this business. It's the guys that are dicks and it's the guys that are scared about losing jobs that disappear, right? Like we don't see those guys again, you know? It's true. Um, So anyway, you see those people with, you see the guys with the hot hand for five years that come through and then they're gone. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you want longevity, um, you know, be that guy uh, that everyone wants to be around um, and then have the skills to back it up. That's the deal. So, all right, guys, thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, We'll uh, see you on the next one. See ya. See ya.